Hi, greetings, friends. Welcome back to Surviving Hollywood. I'm Johnny Ray Diaz. My name is Aaron Arnold. My name is Austin Arnold. And we just sat down with a uh, good friend of mine, uh, Josanne Marie, who is a talented author, actress, uh, spoken word performer, uh, just a poet. Just, I mean, she is uh, super talented. And um, I had the privilege, privilege of knowing her. We worked together at the East LA Classic Theater and uh, as teaching artists, and we both sat down and talked about her new book, Beautiful. New book is called Beautiful, Unabashed, and Unafraid. Unashamed. Sto- oh, I'm sorry. And Unashamed and Unafraid. In it's stores called- now. Yep, Beautiful, yep. Amazon. Um, Barnes & Noble. A girl, an island, and an unimaginable secret. As a young girl growing up in Jamaica, Josanne Marie's greatest desire was to restore a missing ancestral link and satisfy a longing for one person she believed could affirm her identity, her father. So, uh, really cool story. I I saw the one-woman play, uh, which is based on her life and turned into this book. Um, It's a very, very powerful piece and uh, very heavy, but also very light because it's all about overcoming tragedy. Right. Um, and I think that was the emphasis of what the conversation was, is us talking about the book that's out and the woman in play and how you just overcome different things as it defines you as a person. And we just talked about. So how do you put on a one one, one woman play? How do yeah. you write a book and get it picked up by a major publisher? Right. She gives us the answers and stay tuned for the entirety of this episode because she talks about how. An unnamed, for now, A-list celebrity that you know, you've seen his movies. Oscar winning. Uh, yeah. Found interest in her play. Yeah, and her story. Yeah, and her story. And it's and helping her produce it into a movie. Yeah. Still in the early stages. Feature film. And it's uh, it looks like it's getting pretty close. They've been working hand in hand together, so that's really exciting for her. But she was a lovely guest. Um, everybody should check out her book and enjoy the episode. <laughs> You know, it's, it's funny because, uh, so, uh, Josanne was late, um, to the podcast. <laughs> yes, I was. Said that she got pulled over by the cops. I did. Really? Um, yeah, on Fairf- Fairfax and Venice. What was the officer's name? Rodriguez. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I believe it now. I believe it. <laughs> what happened? Um, Shouldn't have been speeding. Well, I was in a right turn only lane that's how it all started and you went straight and, and i went straight uh-huh. and i heard Whoa! and then he goes um but i didn't see it because just how the lane was set up and driving that oops sorry <laughs> right up on that mic don't want to miss a word um so anyway he pulled me over and he's like he started off with your glass you know you shouldn't have tinted windows in the front are, and they, I'm like, are they that dark or what I don't think so, personally. Um, Did you get them specially darkened? <laughs> but it was really funny. No, I bought the car that way. So I'm like, uh, I've had this car for like eight years. <laughs> no cop has ever, you know. Check your eyesight, buddy. Uh, <laughs> your eyesight's getting dark. Pulled me oh, over. And so then he tried to give me like a test. Like, okay. I'm like, no one has ever pulled me over. And he put up a paper. And he wait, was wait, like, wait. This is the first time you've ever been pulled over? First time. You Get always remember. After, yeah. I don't know eight. if I believe that one. Well, the f- no, no, not the first time I've been pulled over, but for the tinted glasses. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, the first time ever? <laughs> Exemplary driver. Right. That's magical. But it was funny because he put up like this white paper um, up 
against the glass and he was like, can you see this? Can you read it? And I'm like, I actually can't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, so that took a minute, but did he give you, he gave me a warning. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Rodriguez turned out to be a good guy. Yeah. yeah. You should have said, hey, look, I'm in a hurry. Got to get to the podcast. Well, I told him, I was like, I, I have to be somewhere <laughs> by 12 o'clock. He didn't care. He's like, give me a license. So, All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're here with us. Thank you. Glad you're Thank here. You. So uh, what's going on with you? What have you been up to? Wow. What's new in life? What's new in life? Um. Well, I just published a book. So much. Um. You guys might have noticed there's a book here in front of us. <laughs> right here. There it is. The author's sitting right here. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. In stores now. In stores. Um, Unashamed and Unafraid. And so I published that. And so right now I'm on a book tour with it. Just different, you know, um, bookstores, book clubs, um, conferences, and so forth. This is the kind of thing that could be on Oprah's book club. You bet. You you know what? Can you say that again for yeah. Mrs. O- for Ms. O- o? Oprah, if you're listening, this is the kind of stuff you pick all the time. Really great. Oprah's book club. Let's make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if you get that endorsement, like you're set. You are. Right? I mean, right. what else? I don't even need to promote the book anymore. It's done. <laughs> I'm just uh, going to hand them all to the audience. You get one. You get one. You yeah. get one. So what is it about for our audience? What, yeah. is the, what is the story? Well, the book is about my life from Jamaica as a little girl coming to the United States and um, just overcoming some trials in my life. You know, unfortunately, like I went through like abuse as a child and um, basically the book is about not letting a tragic event be the story of your life. So it, it's, it's not necessarily about just those issues. It's about when you have, you encounter a tragedy in your life, how do you face it? Um, because most times it's just an event. And what happens is we make it become the story and we filter our life and um, we filter our life through, you know, sometimes our past. And so that's Pe- what the book is about. People define themselves. Yeah. So oftentimes. Yeah. By the trauma. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially so. when you're a kid. I mean, that shapes a lot of who you become. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. What's, what's the response been from the book? People, man. So just to say this, you know, the book started off as a play. So it was a one woman show. And what inspired me to write the book, and I tell the story all the time because it still impacts me. And it's one of the things that really fuel my drive to continue to share and be open about this subject matter was that the last night um, of my the run of my show, I had a Jewish woman who was in her 70s. Um, And that story's in your book. Yes. I remember reading that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And she walked over to me at the end of the night and she was just crying and, you know, just very emotional. And she says to me, um, you know, young lady, you know, when I was eight years old, I was raped. And tonight is the first time I'm talking about it. And I'm just I just stood there and cried because I was just I'm like, I'm a Jamaican woman, this Jewish woman. I mean, just age, you know, um, racial differences, different things. But. We had so much in common, and just to realize that this woman waited 60-something years to really break her silence was very emotional to me. And that's when I saw it more than just like a play or a performance, that it had legs and that the conversation needed to, you know, um, continue. So that was one of the things that really inspired me to write the book. And just to answer your question... um, 
so I've been getting a lot of great feedback of just people telling stories like that or expressing themselves um, in ways that they didn't before just by reading the book, you know? So, yeah, yeah. I think what was cool is that I, I saw the play. Yeah. I remember going to it. And uh, so for the audience at home, we actually know each other because we used to work for the East LA Classic Theater. Yeah. yeah. Um, che Che Kule. Che Che Kule. <laughs> <laughs> <Bezum tight>? uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So that's how we met. We were both <laughs> teaching artists, uh, mostly at Southgate, right? Yeah. yeah Southgate. And um, I remember going to uh, the one woman show and I was like, okay, well, you know, this is really cool supporting, you know, hear what this is all about. I know it was something that was special to you. Yeah. And uh, I remember after watching it, it's almost like, it's kind of crazy because the Josanne I know that I've gotten to know over yeah. several months and everything like yeah. that. I was like, I never would have imagined that she yeah. went through so many things. Yeah. yeah. And so, the fact that you were on stage and you were super vulnerable and you're putting your whole story out there. I was like, first of all, it's really hard to engage an audience with a one person play. Right. But amazing job. Thank Fantastic. You. And like on top of that, I'm like, wow, I never would have guessed that you've gone through so many things and you are who you are now. Cause right. I mean, you're like this like ball of light. Oh, thank you. You know what I mean? So it was was really cool. Thank you. You know what I mean? So I think it's a testament to how you've overcome that tragedy and you've you've changed. So, yeah. What was what was better, Johnny? What was better, the play or the book? Uh, I haven't finished the book. Yeah. The book is excellent, though. Yeah. The book is really well written. Um, The play, I mean, it's just different. I mean, it's just a different experience, right? How, How comparing the two, what do you think people are more receptive to? Well, I think there are people who obviously saw the play and they're like, oh, I want to read the book because, you know, it's obviously extended. There's just but so much you can put on in 90 minutes right. in a show. Mm-hmm. Um, and people who have, there are people who have now read the book but never seen the play. So I'm sure people have different things. I mean, I'm going to, uh, different opinions, I should say. I am planning on doing the play one more time in L.A. Um, nice. In November, I believe. And need so to see it. you guys should go. <laughs> I encourage you. I'll go. So, you know, people who've read the book is like, I want to go see the play, you know, because it's, it's just two different mediums. You know, the book, the book, I think, is more of going more in depth of my own spiritual journey in where I am today, whereas the play is just on a specific area of my life and it's kind of more zoned in on that and showing a little bit how I overcame so I think the book if you if you've seen the play reading the book will expound more Mm. yeah yeah would you say that the book is classified as like autobiographical or nonfiction or um it's a memoir I mean yeah so it's something more personal you know experience it's not just, you know, step by step, like everything that happened in my life. It, it's a memoir of a specific situation that took place and how I overcame. And so it kind of gives details and encouragement to people like, you know, maybe you can try this, you know, yeah. or think this way. I don't know. However, it touches people. Why did you decide to do the play? Like, what was the initial like moment of like, ah, I need to do this? This is an actress. You are an actress as well. I know. (laughs) I know. But, you know, some people, like you said, they like that one, that Jewish woman, 
hid for 67 years. Yeah. So it's like, it's not something necessarily people always want to put forward. True. Right. right? So what made you decide to take that step? Wow. There's so many things, you know, one, I'm going to say your show, the, your podcast. We have the three hours. Oh. So. <laughs> um. Surviving Hollywood. So I came out here as an actor um, and, you know, did mostly a lot of commercials and Sprite, I saw. Yeah, Sprite. Nice. <laughs> and I eventually I did, you know, just a, a part in a feature film. And that was like the biggest thing I've ever done. But was that Tears of the Sun? Tears of the Sun with Bruce yeah. Willis. Yeah. Did you guys shoot that in the in the jungle somewhere? Or we shot it in Hawaii. We were in Hawaii nice. for three months. Very nice jungle to go to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very nice jungle. It wasn't like I was in the Amazon. <laughs> right. The, no. You know. <laughs> but it was hard work, though. Yeah, we were suffering in those uh, those air conditioned tents. I don't know. <laughs> was uh, Bruce Willis a consummate professional? What? Was Bruce Willis good to work yeah, with? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. That's I mean, I like it, was, it was a fun um, shoot. Um, we had Cole Hauser, Eamon Walker, Akuso Boswa. They were just really great people that was on that set. And I learned a lot. But it was hard work because we were really like in the forest in Hawaii. Did you say you were like running a lot? Running. Um, we were in the mud because it had to look like it was in Nigeria and the pillage village in the Civil War, you know. Um, so. There was some hard work. I came when we came home after set. Like I know at the hotel, they, the hotel at the beach, the five star hotel on the probably, beach. You're like, oh my goodness, I'm gonna lay out by the water. I'm like the, you know, the house. I'm just kidding. Cleaner. She's like probably thinking, black people do rub off because there was just like a lot of mud in the. In the what are they in into? The, right in, in the bathroom. Anyway, but. You know, <laughs> I... She's probably seen it all. I know. She's like, <laughs> like no, what? The towels? Just like everything is a mess. But, you know, after that um, shoot and I came back to L.A., like, I really wanted... One of the main reasons why I wanted to be an actor because film and TV really made an impact in my life. Um, that helped me even overcame a lot of things in my life, like watching The Color Purple, you know, specific really great films that really impacted me. And so I wanted to be an artist to make an impact, whatever the character is, you know. And so when I came back, you know, I had a manager at the time, and they wanted me to be a little bit more, um, I guess, commercial mm. um, in the sense of just be a, show a little bit more skin and just a lot of different things that they wanted me to do. Dye your hair blonde. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and I was like, you know, I tried it for a minute, but I felt like it wasn't me. So that season of my life, I decided that I was going to take a break because I was becoming like this person, you know, where it's like, okay, it's about money. It's about where you live. It's about, you know, just the grind, the grind, which is cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Is there anything else? <laughs> <laughs> this is survival. <laughs> right. And so I'm like, okay, I really need to find out who I am as a person and who I am as an artist and what I really want to do. So I took a break and I went into um, inner city missionary work. Because well, that's got to be tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went into that um, because I really had a heart for people 
who have been homeless or people have going through tough times. And so that was like a season in my life where I felt I discovered a lot more about who I was. That was in L.A.? This was in L.A., um, in the South Bay. And it, it was just like a, a ministry that had, pe- you know, people who were on drugs or overcoming just hard, you know, situations. And, and what so, did you do there specifically? I basically just talked or prayed with people or just walked with them through, you know, their trial Pretty much. That's what I did. Um, and it was just day in, day out, and just meeting people. And you st- For me, I started to realize just um, how I really felt about just my place in the world and um, getting to hear people's story. Because a lot of times you, you see people and you don't really know the yeah. backstory. Why you they know? got there, Why what they, happened. Exactly. Yeah. You know? And so that was that. And that season lasted for like five years of, you know, of my life. And I thought I was going to go to Haiti because I have a lot of friends in Haiti who are missionaries. And so I thought I was going to go to Haiti and become a missionary, (laughs) you know. And, um, but that didn't work out. (laughs) I was still in LA. Oh man. I know. Right. (laughs) Um, and guys, I'd go, but I just booked the sprint. Sorry. I can't, I can't do it. it. Um, and then I was writing beautiful for a while. So I wanted to do beautiful play, the play on and off. Like I knew I was supposed to do this solo play and so I was writing it on and off before even that season and it just wasn't ready because I'm looking back now I'm like I wasn't ready <laughs> you know have you ever like do you have a is there an one woman or one man show that inspired you do you like one person shows yeah actually my mentor was um Charlene Woodard so Charlene Woodard is known I mean she's like a Tony nominated actress you mm. probably see her on a fresh prince oh, who is she um, she in every episode. Uh, no. <laughs> she played one of the aunts, but she was in Glass uh, with, um, what's his name, Samuel Jackson. She played his mother. Um, oh, I know who you're talking about. She played, uh, wasn't she Will Smith's mom? She was, no, she was. Not Will, like his stepmom, but, or his, but his uh, actual not mom. Aunt his, aunt, not, not Aunt Viv. Not Aunt Viv. Not Aunt Viv, but her, his actual mom that lived in Philly. Wasn't that her? No, she played one of the aunts. One of the aunts who yeah. came over the for the Christmas episodes. Yeah, but she has her her first show was Pretty Fire, all, all my life. She's done great theater. Like that's what she's known for. If you look her up, I mean, she sells out like the Mark Taper. You mm. know, cool nice. celebrities come out to yeah. watch her. She's really big venues. Big, yeah, yeah, big deal. And so I had the, the honor and, you know, to work with her through that process when I was dramaturging my play. Cool. Um, so that helped me a, re- a lot. And I was really inspired by her, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So then you got yours going based on that inspiration. Yeah. So I got mine going and I just decided to just put it up. And, you know, one of the things that I'm learning um, Surviving Hollywood. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's bring it back to the roots. roots yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I am learning is that, you know, we all have a story in our art to, um, that we want to express. And I felt like this was such a big part of who I was and am to some level. And putting beautiful out there. You know, I'm a poet. So, you know, in the spoken word, spoken word artist. Um, so we have poetry in the play. We have narrative, dialogue, 
um, you know, three of them combined. Um, it was cool because it was not all, only the message was great, but it was also really funny, <laughs> engaging. There was a lot of moments where I was like cracking up. It was right. great. It had a little bit of everything <laughs> in it. Well, thank you. Um, did you uh, did you receive any pushback because it's such a heavy, um, th- thematically heavy like book from I don't know family members or people telling you, hey, should you really be writing this heavy of a stuff? I didn't get any pushback at first. You see, this play- it's about overcoming that though, you know, in the inspiration. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't get that until after the play ran for like five weeks, and then people started to hear about it more. Um, Were these strangers or just people you actually? My knew? family, one of my family members I read it. It was in the L.A. Times, <laughs> and. It's so funny because I remember that moment. I didn't even know it was in the LA Times. And a friend called me up and she's like... You didn't know? Did, I didn't know at all. I mean, because when they do the show and they bring, you know, people to come out and see it, you, you just don't know who's going to write about it. And right. and so I just remember a friend called me up and she's like, you're in the LA Times and they wrote about Beautiful. And I'm like, no! <laughs> like, you think I would be excited. Yeah. But it was like, now it was more than just a stage with a few people in a yeah. way. I felt like it was out there and there were other people and situations involved and I didn't know how they were going to react to it. And Because I didn't do it to expose necessarily or to hurt anyone, but more to tell my truth, you know? And anyway, so that was. But some people did push, like, tell you, like, people. Yeah, said I had that you family shouldn't. members uh, that were like, well, we didn't know, or still in, you know, unbelief about denial, that, so denial about that. And she so. said, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> whoa, whoa, dude, whoa! I didn't. <laughs> but you know, it's like. Um, that comes with it, right? Anything that you do, it it you're gonna get pushed back, no matter what. That's just life. I feel like if you do, if you're doing something and you're not getting any form of like controversy, then you know, because you can't please people. All that's the time. that's our problem. That's why we can't grow. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody likes us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're not pushing the boundaries. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so how did it, so you have the, the play running for five weeks. Mm-hmm. How did you get people in those seats? Like, how did somebody from LA Times know to come? Did you self-promote or? So when I did the, I did a stage reading and um, we did it downtown and I had like only 15 people in the audience. And so that night, an actor, his name is Jeff Rivas, he was on CSI like for a long time. So it was Johnny. Um, for a shorter <laughs> month. <laughs> NCIS. No, it wasn't. But anyway. Um, and so Jeff, you know, saw the, the stage reading and he was like, I want to direct your play. Whoa. So I found my director that night. And, and he said, well, well, you submit me something. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. And um, he basically, the Latina Theater Company ended up producing it. Okay. So they were the one that was responsible for just getting people in the seats and promoting. Is that the key? Like. Get somebody like that to produce your, your, somebody coming to Los Angeles making a one-woman show? You got to get a producer like that to get some buzz Traction. going? Um. Yeah, at some point, but I think the main thing is to start. Right. You know, I feel like 
you put the work in because we workshop the show before we had the five week run. Um, and we rehearsed that show sometimes eight hours in a day for like four days a week for nine months. So we put I think that's against equity rules. <laughs> <laughs> You're right about that. <laughs> oh, so that never happened. <laughs> that never happened. Never um, happened. Let me take that back. But no, you know, it, it it's about just really loving your craft and not it's I feel like that's the icing on the cake at the end, getting someone. Because I feel like if you do good work and you're continuous and you are disciplined and you, you just keep doing it, someone is going to notice, <laughs> you know, notice. And so I just feel like at that point, you know, we were prepared and um, we did the work and then, you know, they saw the, fr- you know, they saw it for what it was. Works you know? spoke for itself. Yeah. Yeah. So... I would advise anyone who wants to do a one-woman show because I've seen one man, one-woman show. And it's not just, it's just about storytelling. And it's about really, um, one of the reasons why it took so long because I had over 16 characters that I was portraying in the show. And Whoa. yeah, and so we wanted them to be really defined. So when you're telling the story, people know who you, who this person is. And it's not like, all yeah. kind of blended in, you know what I mean? So, like Eddie Murphy's any Eddie Murphy movie, that would be a big inspiration. Yeah, for you, the original <laughs> yeah. guy to play him uh, the Nutty Professor. <laughs> that holds up. I just watched the a clip on direct YouTube. correlation. <laughs> and then, what is the key to get the book published? Like for all our young uh, filmmakers and authors out there, yeah, how do you get it published? Um. So you finish the run, and then how does it eventually evolve yeah. into the? Yeah, so I finished book. the run, and then I started touring with it, like going to different colleges and blah, blah, blah. And just by the top back, we would have a top back every um, show. Most of the shows, we would have a top back. Now, on this tour of the play, are you, is that same company producing and paying for you to be in these venues, or are you are you taking care of that, or how does that work? Well, basically what it is is that, um, like, say, for instance, we did it at UCLA. Yeah. And they someone saw the show wants to bring it to UCLA. So they would produce it. They contact they you. They contact me. Yeah. Okay. And then they'll they'll, you know, put it up and promote it and how so many, forth. How many people traveled together? You obviously and then did you have like a team of people? Normally it was just me and my manager. Perfect. We went Keep <laughs> <the light>. okay. <laughs> no, yeah. Pretty much. We did it also in Montreal and a lot of times you just get someone who obviously understands stage and lighting. You send them a script and, you know, you have your stage, you know, cues and so forth in the script and they know how to do it. And you go in and rehearse before mm-hmm. the show. Were there a lot of light cues and stuff or? They, they were. It all depends though. Cause the show, like I could do it in a living room without lights or anything, um, obviously it makes it much more fancy yeah. and schmancy. You could do yeah. <laughs> theater in the park. Yeah, you could just do it anywhere. So that's the beauty of it. And it's not a lot of set, you know, I have like three boxes and it's so funny because, um, black boxes, um, someone came to the show and she's like, oh, I walked in and I saw three black boxes. Like, what kind of show is this? You know, <laughs> yeah. like where's the set? And then she gets lost into the whole storytelling of it because that's what, the one woman or one man show should be is you painting the picture and yeah, not right. literally having it there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're doing UCLA and then 
you're touring in Montreal and all these places, and then when does it eventually kind of formulate to this? I think our top back would go for like an hour. So you know when you're in a space, it's like we gotta get out. Like <laughs> I've done plenty of talkbacks. Don't people ask like the worst questions? Like how, wasn't how, it hard to learn those lines? I mean, some people do. <laughs> they do. This guy's jaded. This guy's exactly. jaded. I love it. <laughs> um, no, I I love the talk. That's like my favorite part of the show because you get to really um, connect with people and hear what they really think, you know? And I have people who struggle. Like, I wouldn't do what you did. You know, you have to see the show and read the book to know what it is. But, you know, um, I really... The top back is my favorite. So we would have the top back. Normally, it's supposed to be, like, 30 minutes. And a lot of times, we will go, like, 45 to an hour. And that's when it inspired me even more. I'm like, I need to write something to give people because you open this door and you just leave it open. And I feel like the book kind of like gives some kind of guidance rather than trying to wrap something heavy um, that can be light. And the reason why I'm saying that is because people always, when you talk about issue with um, abuse or sexual traumas, people always go, that's a heavy topic. Yes, it is, but when you talk about it, it becomes a light topic, and we want to get to light, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and so that inspired me to write the book and just be like, okay, you know, this is me giving back to my audience something to take with them if and, they need it. And you wrote it with no publisher, no distribution, in, uh, yeah. and then how do you get that? So what are the things you're going to learn about me? <laughs> yeah. I call myself a faith walker. I feel like if you're an actor, you got to have faith. You got to believe in the impossible, you know, and I'm not trying to put like religion out there. I'm just saying we're taking this walk as actors in a place that in an industry that no one really promised us anything. We're just... Wait, they didn't? <laughs> they didn't. I'm sorry, Johnny. Not me. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> News to me. And so, you you know, people leave from Mars to come to L.A. or wherever to follow a dream and just trusting in a talent, a gift that someone is going to take notice, right? So, for me, over the years, walking that walk and practicing it because I think stepping out on faith is a, a practice like anything else. And so that's what it was for the book. It was like, I'm going to write a book. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> and so I just started writing from my heart, and that took me two years. So from 2015 to 17, I wrote, just, I kept writing. And I wrote until I felt I had nothing else to say. And that's how I knew it was finished. But I never wrote a book before, so... I don't know, you know, was it good, was it not? So what I did was I sent out copies. I made copies of my manuscript, and I sent it out to people who were writers of films that is in the industry, mothers at home. I had, like, specific people that I knew was going to give me honest feedback because I needed that. You know, I didn't know where else to go with it after that so that was my first step and so I sent out to like 15 people and they sent me back the script all written up and notes, I, yeah. notes 
And then I wrote it again, <laughs> you know? And some I took, some I, you know, I was like, okay, that's your opinion, but I really feel I need to put this in there, you know, whatever. And when I was finished, I just, um, I started doing research on people. I, I knew that I didn't want to self-publish because marketing is not my thing. <laughs> and I knew that was going to be like a second and third job for me. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not, I don't want to self-publish. I want to publish. Nobody wants to self-publish, right? You get more money if you self-publish, I guess. I guess but it's people, harder to get it out there. Right. I guess some people maybe want to like to be in control of it, sort of. I think but you, you I, chose I see, right. Yeah. That yeah, feels like a disadvantage. I just, yeah, I I wanted to go with that first because you know you, sometimes you got to just know your your strength and your weakness. I felt like it was gonna be like this burden if I self publish for sure. Um, you know, because you got to invest everything that the publishers are gonna invest. You got to invest financially. Um, you got to market your book. You, you know, just so many things that I felt like I wanted. I was doing other things besides this book, and I wanted to also do those things. So I didn't want to just have my whole time go to like trying to market the book, you know? Right. And I had to be honest with myself about that. So that was a process because I got people who told me, oh, you can self-publish or you, you know, I'm like, no, I want a publisher. But I wanted a good publisher. <laughs> yes. And so, you know, in your mindset, you're like, well, never wrote a book before. <laughs> yeah. You know, who's going to really take notice? I'm not like a name actor. Well, you know, Beyonce right. is like, I wrote a book, you know, yeah. the line is down the block, you <laughs> right. know, I'm not Beyonce. Yeah. So, you know, but I knew that I had something to say and, um, I struggled with that a lot. Like just thinking like people going to read the book, you know? And I go, well, you know what? This has been like 30 years of my life that I'm sure I have some experience. <laughs> this is not something I'm just thinking up and writing. This is like my experience, you know? And so I felt very qualified <laughs> in my opinion, Yeah, <laughs> you know? And um, so I started researching people that I really love, like Devon Franklin, who is a producer in Hollywood, because it's very, it's, there's, it's not, it's a book that talks about spirituality, but it's not, um, it's kind of edgy. So it's not just like, you know, your book you're going to pick up and it's going to be like, to, you know, yeah. it's, it's raw. Right. And I wanted, I, so I started researching people who will write like that and talk like that. And, um, and then I found out some of their representatives. Nice. <laughs> and I started. Like their literary agents? Yeah, literary, okay. yeah, agents. And I call up, uh, I researched one online that I really liked and, my manager and I was like hey let's reach out to them but before that I knew that I had to have a um, proposal and so your proposal is like another book because a oh. proposal is like almost 60 pages really Whoa. yeah <laughs> it's just a synopsis or like well no they ask you for three of your best chapters oh then you have to give like your bio and a breakdown of why you think people should buy this book and your marketing plan. And now, did you already know this or was this like stuff you learned as you were researching it or did so, they specifically request that? I researched, you know, I did my own research in what, if you want to get a book published, what are the steps? This is the process. This is a process. And they're like, you need 
proposal. That's the first thing they're going to ask you because they ain't got time to read four. My book yeah, was they, literally 400 pages and they cut it down to 283. You know, so I'm like, okay, yeah. let me be prepared before we reach out. So I did my proposal and my manager called and, you know, it was a big agency and my manager is like, when he saw who it was, he's like, because uh, they represent like, um, what's his name? They re- represent like T.D. Jakes, um, Joel Osteen, a lot of big actors Whoa. who are like um, inspirational, motivational speakers. And so he's like, Joseanne, you ain't got no church. <laughs> you ain't got no congregation. <laughs> what? You know? And I'm like, look, the worst they could say is what? No. So that goes back to the faith walk. Sometimes we don't want to put ourselves out there, you know, because we feel like we're not qualified. But you just never know. I feel like if you do the work and you feel like you did it well, go for it. And what was the agency? Do you um, mind saying? Decree Miller. Nice. Yeah. Boom. Decree Miller. And so um, my manager um, reached out and they're like, send a proposal. I'm like, bam, here you go. <laughs> you know, it was done. And it took them two months because it was right before the holidays. So it was like November. They didn't get back to me until like February. Did and you assume that they... Worst two months of her life. I know. <laughs> um, and what's funny was that I only researched one other agency, but my bet was on Dupree. Like, I really didn't start looking for anything. I was just like, I'm going to put it out there and let's just see what happens. So I waited and... Then when, it's so funny because when I got my a manager um, sent me an email, a text, and he was like, did you get the email? And I'm like, what email? And he's like, um, they respond, and I'm like, oh, they hated it. <laughs> he goes, what is wrong with you? <laughs> um, and so they were like, we want to have a meeting with you, Josanne. And then mm. we had a phone call, a conference call, and that led to this. Yeah. So when you first initially, where your manager initially reached out, did they even reply or did, yeah, they, he, did he call them? He called them. He was in his house frying plantains. Let's just make it clear. Oh like <laughs> I'm calling from LA to Texas, frying plantains in his house yeah. and they picked up and he's like, Oh, you know, I have a client. She just wrote a book that kind of, you know, kind of give some stuff. And then they're like, well, send, send her proposal over. And he did. And that was it. Oh, and then that's who that was. Yeah. Yeah. And at so, any time, did you notice did they care about, well, does she have a following? Was that like ever? That was one of the things they asked in a proposal. Like, what is your um, social media, your Instagram or, you know, whatever. What is your newsletter? You know, how many people are in your newsletters? And, you do, you have, know, do you have a newsletter? I do. I have a newsletter that I sent out. Um, I haven't sent out lately, but oh. yeah, that I sent out like just about like keeping up to date with stuff that I'm doing. So they want to know like how many contacts you have you know, at hand. And um, I, you know, that's kind of scary in our world because you're like, well, you know, I didn't have a lot of people following me. I mean, I had a great Facebook following, but not um, Twitter or, you know, so, but you still are subconscious about that. Right. There's a little spider on the mic. Oh, Lord. So very little. Yeah. (laughs) So. Um, spider wants to get in on the conversation. You know what? I think that spider is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, anyway. No, you're good. <laughs> but, you know, so I, yeah, I just, 
I sent them what I, I had and they responded. So and they, yeah. and they said, and here's all our notes. Take this out, take this out, add no. this. <laughs> no. Well, they read the proposal and they were just like, Did you write it? They kept asking that question. Oh, really? Did you write it? I'm like, That's I, complimentary. I did. But the reason they were asking because sometimes people have, you know, ghostwriters. Mm. And so they wanted to make sure like these were my words. Yeah, nice. Um and so that was one thing. And then I sent them the full manuscript. They took a look at it. And then they're like, you know, if we print your book, it's going to be 400 pages. And they're like, we wouldn't suggest that. We charge per page. So <laughs> I know. would you mind? I might cut it down. <laughs> and so then you start thinking, what am I going to cut out of the book? Because I said everything that I wanted to say. So it's great when you have a great team that works with you and I felt like they had, you know, my best interests and this was, I was new to that world. So I was learning as well, you know, things that, you know, as a writer, you got to take some stuff out, just like filmmaking, you know, you can't put everything in your film. You can't so. have the th four hour long Quentin Tarantino <laughs> director's cut. He no. loves it. <laughs> I love the two hour. We got, we got to consume, we got to consume it. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, and then the book was here. Nice. Yeah. So what? Um. So the book was released, and how has it been doing? What's been like the response? Like, how is everything? Like, do they track that stuff better than that? you thought it would be? Or so this is how I describe the book. So when the book came, they sent me, um, when it was finally published, they sent me the first 10 copies. They surprised me. I didn't know that it was coming in the mail because they were like, oh, it's going to come in the next two months. And then like it came like a month and a half early. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I was so excited. Um, so I said, I tell people writing a book or publish, getting a book published is like having a baby. And you're <laughs> just like, push, push, push. Ah, yeah, it's here. And then... Oh, I got to raise a child. I got to yeah. raise it. What? <laughs> you know, that's how I feel about it. So it's the, it's work. It's still yeah. work. It's, it's a blessing. And it's, you know, people, the response that I've been getting, people are touched, moved by it, telling their own stories. Um, you know, so I've been going to book clubs, a lot of book clubs and uh, bookstores, conferences, uh, sharing and reading from the book and so forth, book signings like a Barnes and Nobles. We're going to do one in Calabasas um, coming up um, this month. Um, and so that's been great. But the real work begins now because you have a product and not everyone knows you have a product. And how do you get that product out there? Um, it's it like, like, being on shows like this yeah. one and you know so you still feel like you got to do the marketing a little yeah. bit this is what you said you didn't want to do yeah. right That's why you yeah. wanted to publish <laughs> guys i thought you had taken care of all of this right you cuz you are the voice you know so it's like right people want to hear from you and yeah. um so you know i feel like there's going to come a point where we market market and then we just have to release and let it kind of takes its own wings, but now it's like someday you're raising a child. This book is going to turn eighteen, and then <laughs> right? You exactly, yeah. got to leave the house, yeah. you know. So yeah. What would you say? What's like a tip that you you know now for marketing? Like, is it reaching out in somebody's DMs, a celebrity, and saying, "Hey, check this out"? Or I mean, 
that uh, that can work. It depends on who, obviously. You know, I've had people who promote the book, but I think I think as an as a an author, especially when you're writing a personal story, there's nothing more authentic and inspiring when people hear from you. And so, being genuine with your story and not so I'm not. I want my book to obviously you know sell millions of copies. But I realize that it's a baby stage in it. Like, it's a great thing. Like, it's out and the response and I have an audience from the play. And there's other things that are really great. But the vision for it, for me, is that it would make a difference. This book is for the next generation. I feel like as a woman and a black woman um, in Hollywood... Um, and just in the world in general, you know, one of the things, if you look at the book cover, you see my face on the book. Well, originally, my publishers wanted a more abstract cover. I like the face. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a good face. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted my face on the book, and it wasn't like, oh, I just wanted my face. You know, a lot of times authors have, like, a pretty suit on, and they're smiley, and... And I'm like, no, I wanted something that was a little bit more edgy and the word beautiful with a woman of color on it that a little girl can pass. And I've heard people, someone sent me an Instagram story of a woman who was on a beach and my friend was reading this book and she's like, what, what, you know, let me see this book. Like the cover stood out to her and she, you know, and so that was very intentional for me. And so it's about leaving a legacy of just women being able to just speak their truth and not feeling ashamed about it, whatever that is. Um, and outside of that, just being bold in life, you know, and what is beauty? I mean, the play on beautiful is not just about outer appearance, but, Sometimes the most tragic things and things that we go through in life can make us the most beautiful, you know, um, people. And so that's another spin on it as well. Um, So I really am taking my time in really investing in people um, at this point with the book so that it will have longevity. You know, one of my biggest inspirations is Maya Angelou when she wrote... um, I know why the cage bird sing. That was a very personal story for her. Um, But she was authentic, and it wasn't about getting numbers or getting followers or how many books were sold. Well, that was, you know, know. decades ago. Yeah, and we still... People still reference it. Exactly. 2019, it's about the followers. (laughs) (laughs) I know, yeah. No, no, no. And the content. Yeah. So So. one thing that's really cool, um, we haven't touched on it yet, but... uh, the play garnished the attention of a well-known A-list actor. Let's call him yes. Mr. X. Uh, we <laughs> won't mention we who it is. We can't say who it is. He is a uh, A-lister by any metric. Yeah, <laughs> you've guaranteed seen his movies. Um, I'm curious, because you've, you've mentioned this to me months ago, mm-hmm. that you were kind of working with him on this, that beautiful is, I'm not sure where the process is now, yeah. but could potentially be turning into a film. Um, how did that, first of all, how did that interaction start? Okay. And where is it now at this point? So, um, going back 
you know, I have to emphasize because I'm learning this myself about like really just living your truth and putting it out there and doing it with excellence. I'm learning that just the discipline of that and that you'll see the reward, you know, um, for me, that experience. So a friend of mine, um, basically lived very close to this person and are friends with, you know, his wife and different things like that. And so they heard about the play. They've never seen the play. They just heard about the story. And before you know it, I was in the person's living room <laughs> talking to him. Are you a fan of this person? I, oh, I yeah. mean, everybody oh, kind yeah. of is, but everybody is. I'm pretty sure my mom says she's like, oh, he's the most handsome man right. ever. <laughs> so. um, but, you know, so that was like a big moment for me because it's like I'm – down here in Torrance and the next minute I'm in this person's living room and talking about my story and you know I already started the screenplay in my own way going back to like taking a stab at something that you've never done um and so we started working together on it and, 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 he, and he just says I like this I want to help you turn this into a movie he believed in the beginning that it was supposed to be a film. Did he so, see the play? Or? No, he didn't see the play at that time. So you've only verbally told him the story. Yeah, he yeah, he only verbally knew the story. Gotcha. Um, and so the next step was me just really working on the script over and over and over because the person didn't win an Oscar oh. by doing something Ooh. overnight. Yeah. <laughs> Who could it a be? <laughs> So I started working on the script. Damien Chazelle. Right. <laughs> no. no. Um, and long story short, we work on the script. And now now I'm, I, I wrote the script with someone else who's another um, director. Okay. Writer. Whoa. Would um, I know him? Um, you, would, you, would, you would know him. You yeah. recognize the projects well, they've worked on. Yeah. So I am working with him. We wrote, wrote the script together. His name is Michael Carney. And um, so what's he worked on? Um, same kind of different as me, which was with Renee Zellweger, John Voight and Dijman Honsu. Um, a very beautiful film. It's on Netflix now, but it was out in the theaters in 2017. Um, and he's working on another project right now. And so we're going to be working on Beautiful as well. Um, so right now we're in the beginning stages of development, you know, uh, financing and um, we've raised money already and we're on the process of and he, um, he helps with that or he's just helping write he's he wrote and he's also going to be a producer oh, on okay. it as well too so yeah that's Exciting. really cool yeah is uh the a-list actor are they producing executive producing executive producing yeah so he's putting up the money yeah. Is he yeah. in it right. too? No. Okay. I, th I think he has. He the neighbor. I think he's got that finance covered. <laughs> but this guy, is one, as far as like writing and directing, this guy's not just a pretty actor. This guy's, you know, really well known for writing and directing. So I feel mm -hmm. like that's, that's true. Really good. Fantastic. Good guy yeah. to uh, yeah. be your mentor and yeah, producer. Have, have yeah. in the corner. So what, yeah. What, yeah, what kind of, if you can think of any specifics, like what kind of direction would he give you like when you would submit a piece of the writing? Well, one of the things um, that we talked about was, let me see, one of the things is being very clear, you know, when you're telling a story and painting a picture, we always think that 
our audience know what we're talking about, you know. And obviously language, you know, how you, you write a description in a film, um, being very creative and making sure, like, your voice is being heard. What is really the underlying story or the meaning of what you're trying to say? Um, and a lot of times we want to write a lot of dialogue, 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 dialogue. But it's better to write um, description, you know, guiding you to, like, the next scene from one scene to, to the next. Um, so mine had, like, a lot of dialogue. And then another thing was also, you know, spirituality. You know, people believe different things. And um, not that I didn't put my own truth in it, but... You know, how do you talk, how would you talk about God if you had to talk about God in a, in a scene rather than the typical, I went to church and um, the pastor preached? That's like your standard shot, right? When yeah. you would just write a story and it's just. Every faith-based film. Yeah, every faith, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, yeah. you know. Well, maybe the voice of God could be through the little boy next door. Hmm. Spoiler. And, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Um, so really think about, like, who's giving the message in your film without it being, like, on the nose, in, you know, in the sense of black and white. You know, try creative ways of really telling a story that make people go, oh, you know, when you, I don't know if you guys watched The Book of Eli when. Um, yeah, good movie. Great movie and a very spiritual movie. Yeah. Even though there was a lot of fighting and all of that yeah. stuff, but we got the message and he never mentioned God. He didn't? Yeah. Throughout the whole film. Oh. Maybe at the end? Maybe a little bit. Spoiler I alert. <laughs> I don't believe he did. I don't think he did actually. I wouldn't no. call it like a Christian movie movie or anything, but it, you know, yeah, you're right. They kind of like Yeah, you you it was just a lot of you saw I saw a lot of things in it that was you know, and then you didn't know that he was blind. Like, it was just, you <laughs> that know. That was the shocker. Yeah, it was, yeah. So just things like that, that, that made it interesting. But it was a spiritual story, you know, message behind it, let me say that. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm always a fan of uh, movies that have very limited dialogue. And they let the visuals and the story just speak for itself. Yeah. And you're like, you didn't need to say anything. I got that moment. <laughs> like, right. the actor conveyed a thousand words in that look. Yeah. And you're like. I get it. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's, those are the best movies. Of course. You know what I mean? Where yeah. you have to over explain everything. To yeah. Get it, you know? No. Yeah. Those are one of the things that we talked about. So, so you're cool. still at the very early stages, still kind of working that out. Yeah. We, I mean, you know, that's like another thing. Like, we think, oh, it happens overnight. You know, I mean, this has been going on since kind of about the same time when I was writing the book, you know? Um, but we just finished like finalizing the script earlier this year. Um, we've raised a good amount of money, um, really good budget, you know. Um, the goal is $10 million, and we've raised a quarter of that so far, which is good. Let me ask you um, this, Josanne. If uh, your producers came to you, you're in, the, you're in the home stretch, and they said, we have all the money, the only one small clincher is we're going to get this name to star in it. You know, you're still the writer. Mm -hmm. Would you say yes? But you never decided whether you wanted to be in it, I'm, right? I'm going to be in it, but I'm not going to be the star of oh. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because, and I don't want to. I guess because I've done the play and I've written a book, I think it would just be more interesting to see someone else play that character. Ooh. Cool. Who? 
Perhaps Austin. Hey, he's available. If you got a Jamaican accent <laughs> and hey, <Amon>. I have a. <laughs> That's the, the only one you a, know. A bad hand. <laughs> Is there more? <laughs> he saw Cool Runnings. He thinks yeah. Yeah. I love that movie. That was your research. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was trying to think of a line from that movie. Yeah, I can't think. Uh, of. Feel the rhythm. Feel, feel the, the rhythm. Rhyme. That's right. <laughs> Something, something, bobsled time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. We've embarrassed it enough. Jamaican 101. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I always said, I always told you, like, you should play that character. What? Which one? The lead. Because I know that's you your, have. That's your story. It is. But then you start thinking about, so we have age different, you know, age in there. Uh, um, I don't of- think I could play a 16 year old, personally, me. <laughs> Um, Brad Pitt did think- it. <laughs> yeah. Benjamin Button. Benjamin Button. <laughs> he played a six-month-old. <laughs> An old one. Um, but I, the we're looking at. Um, I don't know if I should say her name. Zendaya. Zendaya. Who? No. Oh, no. She's, she's like, beautiful. She's like but- what? No. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but she's. Uh, it would be great to have Letitia Wright. On it. What has she been in? She's been in um, Black Panther. She played the young girl in the sister in Black Panther. I'm trying to think about which character that was. I have seen the movie. Yeah, she had the remember. braids and she she was funny. She, she pl- oh she okay I know who exactly yeah. you're talking about. She was the oh, youngest yeah. one. Yeah, cool. that'd and be she's awesome. She's from uh, Guyana. Okay, and she so she has Caribbean roots. Cool, and I feel like she can play. Um, yeah, I remember her. She yeah. was great. She was great. Yeah. She can play between 16 to 20-something. Yeah. Um, I, I see it. Well. Sure. But, you know, um, I might play um, the grandmother because my grandmother was a very young grandmother when I was born. She was in her 30s. She was like mm, 32, wow. 33. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that she was that young. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Because my mom had me when she was 13. So. Oh. Yeah. 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 Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a sense, like in the move in the book, you call her mummy. Yeah. But it's like, really, like she right. was at he that was, age. She was, yeah. It's like not you she wouldn't even consider woman. yourself like, oh, that's my grandmother. And, uh, yeah. That's, that's wild. <laughs> Hiding a pocket full of secrets, as she's described on the back. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> she sure was. <laughs> so. That's amazing. All right. So uh, I was actually uh, switching gears here. Yes. Um, I know you're a big spoken word poet, correct? Mm. Now, is that, could you, I know it's two different things, but could you freestyle? Oh man, <laughs> freestyle! Because you're gonna go next. Because you're because right you're great at rhyming words, obviously, and like doing poetry. But like, well, could, could, uh, and doesn't not that it has to rhyme, not right? Exactly. Spoken words. Doesn't yeah, have it doesn't to have to rhyme. I was just wondering if if you could. I'm not a freestyle poet. Oh, we don't have to do it. I was just. <laughs> <wondering>. <laughs> but maybe Aaron could do it, and you could judge. No, this. I'm not gonna do it because oh, I'm definitely. That'd be I'm, great. I'm definitely not. Well, when, when you're asked, just, I'm a big fan of uh, you know just rhyming words, rap in general. He loves Eminem. He loves Eminem. <laughs> Many other people besides Eminem, but yeah, uh, but you love Eminem. It's the only one you talk about. Kendrick, Kanye, all the all the right. all the big ones, all the most all the ones, ones they play on the radio. <laughs> but uh, anyway, oh, right. Well, we're not going to do that. That went, that went I was nowhere. Just, I was just wondering. It was yeah. It's it's. Whatever. How about how anyway. about how about some spoken word that you uh, have in your back pocket? Wow. You don't have to if you don't want to. Um. Or a piece you're working on right now. I can read something from the book. There's the poetry in the book. That'd be great. Yes. All right. The, hey, the book's right there. Right there. 
Should I get it? Go yeah. It. Maybe Go we should it. maybe we should do plugs and then end with the you know, nice. Yeah, maybe that might outro. be good. Yeah, where can people follow you? Yeah. And buy the book. Um well on all social media handle, my name is Josanne Marie. That's J O Z A N N E. Marie M A R I E. Pretty much. Cool. Great. And you can buy the book on Amazon. Amazon, yeah. Barnes and Nobles. At the Grove um, is where I got it. And, and every Barnes and Noble, yeah. I'm assuming. Um, and you got if a they book don't tour have coming up, a book date, are you showing up somewhere? Well, I'm going to be in uh, Calabasas in a few weeks. Um, we haven't settled on the final date, but you can find those things on my website. I'm always posting on my Instagram mostly um, when I'm doing something next. Um, the play is going to be on the 23rd of November. We would love to attend. Yes, please. I'll be there. <laughs> um, and it will be right here over by Melrose and La Brea. Was it at um, the same theater that I saw? No, it? it's okay. a different um, place. And what else is coming up? So I'm doing that. I'm also in a play. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Where so is that? Play. It's going to be at the Stella, Stella Adler Theater. It's called um, Half Truth, Full Plate. And I play a college uh, student who has issues with her body image. And um, she's in love with a guy and doesn't know how to express that. But she also has some family relational issues. So Relatable? Yeah. You're, um, o- you're only playing one character in this one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's breaking, yeah. breaking. Yeah. yeah. So I have that, but I'm also excited. Um, keep that date. Oh, yeah. Keep two dates. December 6th to the 7th. I'm doing another play called Detour that I'm really excited about. I play one of the lead characters, and her name is Gail. And um, she was an ex-drug addict who went to prison for... Um, well, by mistake, her child died in a car because um, she was high. True story? Um, no, it's not a true story. Is that a mistake, though? Um, <laughs> okay. She respond. Well, yeah. And, just, right. Just stir in the pot. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and her life took a detour, and so she comes back home for the holidays, and we can know how all that goes down. Okay. And where the theater house. is that going to be at? It's going to be at the Cabrillo Theater in Long Beach. Um, yeah. So it's going to be a really great piece, and I'm excited about that. And I'm doing a TED Talk. Oh, that's really? right. Yes. I remember you've been talking about that. Yes. <laughs> I almost completely forgot about that. I'm doing a TED Talk December 7th at the Delthorne Woman um, TEDx. And it's going to be in Torrance, and the link is on my Instagram. If anyone I wants have, to, I have seen it. That's that's it huge. Out. I'm excited about that's that. That's a huge one. Yeah. And so. what's the title of your TED Talk? Um, so the theme of the TED Talk is um, better together. Um, and so I'm working on my speech and like that Jack Johnson song. So no, <laughs> <laughs> um, You know. So yeah. So check that out. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. amazing. Um, cool. Now that you've written the book, are you planning on writing another one? I am. Oh, exclusive. <laughs> another hey, not, another memoir type? Or? Right. We're not rolling anymore. Uh, what's, no. what's the book? <laughs> Just us. Um, it's it's going to be something completely different from how people probably... It's mu- it, Slapstick comedy. <laughs> no, <I don't>. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Um, Very Stephen King-ish. <laughs> <laughs> Which is interesting you said Stephen King because you had my book. Like, I went to Barnes & Nobles and 
my book is here and Stephen King's book is like right here. Yeah, oh, is it, it right was next like to yours? Right next to really? mine. And, you know, because it was like summer reads or whatever. <laughs> <Okay>. Cool. <laughs> so, good summer read right there. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had another author, um, Christine Kane, who is a very, you know, amazing woman. And her book was right here. And so I posted on my my Instagram and someone was like, oh, oh, so you're, bes- you're beside. Because I, I was talking about Christine Kane, and, but they referred to Stephen King. So it was just a funny thing. But anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but what's the new the new book? So the new book is called um, "Everything I Wanted to Say as a Black Woman." So this one goes further. Yeah, is you're, you're still really your story, or is it no, more it's different? Okay, it's different. so more your perspective. Is it's more of my perspective and being? I'm I'm Jamaican. Were you offended when I did that J- Jamaican accent? <laughs> I was. I was. All right. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry to I was this one's on me. You. This is a learning moment. Okay, <laughs> Jamaican accents are funny because I've gone to auditions and they tell me, "Are you from Jamaica?" Um, they they don't think that that's an authentic Jamaican accent. <laughs> they think you're fake, faking it. I'm like, I was born. Like, do you need to see my? Yeah, <laughs> so crazy. Anyway, wow. because they're used to the stereotypical like, "What's up, man?" And mm-hmm. Jamaicans don't really talk like that. But oh, also, <laughs> oh, this is more of a Hollywood thing. They took one, you know, we say man a lot, but we don't really talk like that. Like, you know, if you really go into Jamaica, you'll probably hear, how you doing, man? Yeah. But the way they have it here, it's like they just make it a stereotype. Exaggerated. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) So the new. Sorry, Austin. Let's do it one more time. The new book is everything you wanted to say or want to say. Everything I wanted to say. Wanted as to a say. black woman. As a black yeah. woman. What well, just say it, to say. say it here. Uh, right? like what, are, what are the types of themes that you're going over? Well, I want to talk about beauty. That's one thing. And I want to talk about um, sexuality. That's like another thing. Like I want to just get really, because we have so many like stereotypes about culture mm. and um so is it more about breaking down stereotypes? In it's a little bit. In yeah. America? In America. Okay. Yeah. Because I had someone ask me this on my book tour. Um, so how does it feel? At what point in your life did you feel American coming from Jamaica? And no one has ever asked me that question. So I had to really think about it. And I realized that I never felt American. And she go, well, you've been here over 20 years. I came here when I was 10. And I go, well, the reason I don't feel American is because everyone reminds me that I'm not American. When I go to an audition, oh, Mm. what's this accent? Or, and that's fine. That's not a problem for me. But this idea of, you know, coming to another country and being assimilated and you kind of try to let go of a lot of your own culture because I guess the American way is a better way. You know, that's what people say. America. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they say. You know, um... <laughs> um, Austin's like, that's the joke that did it. I finally got her to break. I'm out of here, guys. Um, so I want to talk about things like that, and that is, you guys are getting a lot of juicy stuff from me today. That, was good. that we want the nitty gritty. 
that's what my second solo play is cool. going to be about. So. Also, you're doing cool. another solo play yeah. with it. Awesome. Yeah, it's going to be... I don't know what's, what's going to come first, the play or the book, but they're both kind of... Um, Whatever brings in more dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, what I'm going kidding. with. <laughs> just kidding. But this solo play will be different. So, yeah. You know, it's interesting, though, because even from the first time I met you, even now, I never... I always thought you were from here. I never thought... Really? Yeah, I never like heard like a... A very distinct accent where I'm like, she's not from here. I never once thought that. Right. Really? It wasn't until literally you told me like, oh, I'm from Jamaica, and I was like, really? I, I would have thought you were raised in L.A. Possibly. Yeah. I honestly. Really. Yeah. But, but I knew coming in that. Yeah. But I never would have guessed that until you told me that. Because I don't think you have a strong accent at all. No. I don't. I don't. But I mean, when I'm nervous or I'm overly excited, you probably will hear it. Um, mm. If you, you know, if you're really listening, you'll probably hear it. You weren't overly excited about this podcast? <laughs> I'm sure when you go back and play, you'll hear the accent <laughs> very well. Right. The play, it's in there. Yeah. But yeah, just never, I never heard it. And I was like, oh, I did, didn't know. Yeah. No idea. No, this is pretty cool. So, yeah. That's awesome. So, uh, congratulations on the success of the book. Thank you. Uh, the TED Talk, that's amazing. And uh, hopefully when the new book comes out, You'll come back and grace us with your presence. I would be, it would be an honor. I would love it. Yeah. Love Thank you guys for having me. This Absolutely. is so amazing. Did you want to give us a, a, a reading? Oh, yeah. Let's is do this, the, is this, you, you just all about the reading. <laughs> huh? No, no. I mean, we don't it's have been to. Quiet is this an appropriate setting to yeah. get into such a serious thing? Sure. I was, just, I was just a fan of spoken word poetry. You know? Well, yeah. I'm going to read. Look, I opened to one that's really all cool, right. I think. Let's do it. Let's hear it. Because I was raised in the Boogie Down Bronx. And so. This one is called, This is My Neighborhood. Y'all turn up the volume? What's We're happening? trying to. What's We're happening? trying to bring it's it Just because you sat back. Oh, got it. I was like, stay close. Okay. Um, so here we go. The Bronx is where I live. Drugs is what they give dealers feeling dandy on the corner selling candy. Homies chilling in the cut. Roughnecks too cool to say... Yo, what's up? Some might think this is no good. Hold on, that's my neighborhood. See, the Bronx is where I live. Rappers, beats, be fluid. Shorties slinging Reeboks. Homies spitting sweet talks. Hip-hop playing bebops. 5-0 cruising nonstop. But some might think this is no good. Hold on. Y'all, that's my neighborhood. Dope. Loved it. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that was really good. Good use of the word dandy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey. I loved it. It is candy. Um, that was really cool. <laughs> I appreciate you coming by. That was a great way to end it. Um, we already gave the shout outs and the plugs. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So what you said, November, you got the play. 11, um, 23rd. Right. TED Talk is when? December 7th um, at 11 a.m. And this is all on your website. Right. This is all on my website. And, and social media. Social media. Um, I'm mostly on Instagram. <laughs> uh, so... Follow me. Me too. I'm waiting for you to follow me back. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You got to earn it, buddy. One day, one day, Josanne. I'm following you. I know. I'm just kidding. (laughs) We like to give the guests a little bit of a hard time, you know. Um, And yeah, all that. That's your phone? And that's my phone. And that's a good time to end it. Well, yeah. All right. Thank you, Josanne. And uh, we appreciate you having me. Come by. Thank you, guys. This was a pleasure and honor. Thank you. Loved it. Thank you.